your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that believes the cinema should always be a very quiet place Proudly brought to you once again by the great guys at Froobs Whoop whoop oh, It's nice to have them back on board isn't it Clive? Um, uh, yeah, love the froob. The free froob delivery came. Absolute delight. Yeah. It feels like we've been on a zero hours contract, albeit with sponsors. You know, we've had companies who are here one week, gone the next. Uh, some of them paying us, some of them not. Some uh, of them just paying us in froobs, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, at we least. Are we... trying to up, I'm trying to up the deal, but. Yeah, I mean, froobs are back and we've got a proper contract. We get three boxes of froobs a week. So, yeah, I, I'm. I'm Delighted to have them back on board. I mean, I, I for one enjoy no other phallic shaped yogurt. Um, there's no competition, is there? Uh, not really, no. I mean, it's it's just the best. You cut the top off, you squeeze it in your mouth. It's mm. amazing. Mm-mm-mm. It's a dream. Anyway, we're here for films episode 33. I make it. Um, it's just me and Alex Wayne. Just a uh, two man job today. Um, yeah, I mean, Michael did want to be here, but couldn't be. I'm sure he'll be back Everyone next time. Everyone else didn't time. give a fuck, so screw him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we've, we've got plenty lined up. We've, we're both now uh, owners of cinema cards for different chains, which we won't mention. Um, so, yeah, we go to the cinema too often and have plenty to talk about. Um, there's also, there's Indeed. been, I suppose we'll start with in a minute, the big, uh, the big release, which I still haven't seen because I tried to book it Beck wants to see it with me. Um, mm. You know, it's nice, lovely of her. Uh, but <laughs> every time I want to book it, there's no seats next to each other. It's com- constantly rammed, so it must be doing very well. Yeah, well, one would imagine. Um, I mean, I suppose it isn't strictly a social function, uh, but I can no. see why you'd probably want to sit together as well. So, <laughs> I mean, I was down, I was like, should we just sit behind each other? She was like, no. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So we're waiting. But... Yeah, I mean, it was on literally every 15 minutes at this cinema that I've got a cart to, which, and they were all full, which is seems wow. like outrageous. Wow. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it was taking up the space of all my artsy films that I wanted to watch, you shits. But um, I, I reckon it's full of people with cards just booking seats that they're not actually going to use. But I don't know. Hmm, interesting theory. Yeah, because there is no penalty. Uh, for is not... there a maximum amount you can book? No, you can only like book one, one film at one time. So, right, okay. so you couldn't book in for five different showings of Infinity Wars. You could book in for one at a time. But once it's gone, if you decide, oh, actually, I'm not going to make that one, you just wait until it's started and then you book the next one, assuming that there are spaces. Okay, I get you. I'll say you couldn't book, like, all day Infinity War just to make sure no, that you get No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, enough, a, okay. a, at least that's the case with the company that I use. I can't yeah, speak for I assume one, it's but... the same with mine. I'd hope so. Mm. But you can book other films in it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can cool. book. Well, again, at least with the one that I use. Cool. No, that that makes sense. Um, right, let's get started with that because I'm I'm pretty. In, I've read like very. In fact, I haven't even. I don't think I've even looked at the, the you know the Rotten Tomato or the Metacritic for it. So, have very little idea of. P- people seem to be pretty high on it generally, but I'm pretty intrigued as to what you think. Right. Okay. Well, um, as you've all gathered, we're talking about Avengers: Infinity War. The, um, I don't know, 69th film in the Marvel <laughs> Studios franchise. Directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, who also did uh, Captain America Civil War. 
uh, starring, and wait, wait for this, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Benedict Cumberbatch, John Cheadle, Tom Holland, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bethany, Elizabeth Olsen, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Danae Guerrero, uh, Letitia White, Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana, Josh Brolin, Chris Pratt, and others. I mean, it's probably the biggest cast you've ever seen in your life. The fact that they actually all seem to get a little bit of time on the uh, on the actual reel is quite amazing, despite the fact it comes in at 2 hours 40 minutes. It's an epic. Um, this is the... I mean, it's hard to call it a sequel to uh, Avengers Age of Ultron because all of the films are kind of sequels, but this is the direct Avengers sequel. It focuses on altogether massive bad guy Thanos, um, who we saw in the first Avengers film um, as a kind of a background sh- puppet master for Loki. Uh, this time he's back to do his own dirty work and he's determined to get all of the six Infinity Stones uh, so he has the ability to wipe out half of the universe's population. Thanos is quite interesting as a bad guy actually because his main motivation is one that he at least claims is humanitarian. He believes that um, the overpopulation of the universe is the reason that people suffer and he's prepared to take it on board himself uh, to wipe them out. The Avengers have teamed up once again to try and stop him and it gets pretty difficult to talk about after that without spoilers. Um, <laughs> I mean, from what you've read so far, is is that more or less the, the impression you got, Clive? Um, you mean for the plot and stuff? For the, for yeah. the plot, yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of as much as I know. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, even some of the stuff I've read of like a plot summary doesn't mean a lot to me because I've not watched. And that's one of my worries that I'll get into later. <laughs> I haven't watched very many of the Marvels lately, so I've, I don't know if I'm just going to be completely lost. I think it definitely helps if you've watched them all. I think really to get the full spectrum of it, uh, you will have need to have watched, let's say, 75, 80% of them. Um, otherwise some of the character appearances are not going to mean a huge amount to you mm-hmm. um, but I will give it this this is um first thing I will say in its absolute defence is that this is probably the first Marvel film uh, that feels like there are genuine consequences um, Thanos is given enough pathos, enough, enough raw power and enough um, gravitas by Josh Brolin um, that you really believe uh, that the Avengers are in danger and indeed mm-hmm. they are. The, it feels like the entire series has been leading up to this point, leading up to a grand battle. I mean, every single film seems to have a grand battle of some sort, but this one is grand, grand, grand. And this is the first of two Avengers Infinity War films. Uh, and it's dark. It's very, very dark. Again, hard to comment on without uh, spoiling. Um, but, you know, don't expect what you'd expect in other Marvel films, you know. People aren't. There is a certain element, and I'm going to say this a little bit loosely, but there's a certain Game of Thrones element to this. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is safe. Uh, I'll say okay. no more. I mean, the Russo brothers. Whether you think this is a great film, an alright film, or an average film, and I, I, I fall in the it's a good film category. Okay. Um, you have to give absolute credit to the directors for making this plausible, for making this, uh, you know vaguely followable the entire plot obviously there's so many characters in it could easily get lost you could easily forget what's going on but they make the very clever decision to almost team up certain heroes 
the mm-hmm. start of the movie, and then you're kind of following. It's almost like an episode again, going back to Game of Thrones, an episode of Game of Thrones where you're following various different adventures that eventually converge into one. Yeah, um, I was never lost. I was never bored. Uh, the action is suitable, uh, suitably epic, and as I said, feels like it has some consequence, some heft to it. And um, the film isn't afraid to get its foot, its hands dirty, unlike a lot of the Marvel films. Um, tonally, it's a mixture between that darkness and some, uh, you know, much needed humour, which I've heard from some people have a problem with, but I didn't myself. Um, certainly, Peter Parker is hilarious throughout this. Um, Tom Holland is comfortably the best Spider-Man we've ever had. Uh, Spider-Man was always supposed to be a kid, basically. And just nobody competes. I think special mention should go to Josh Brolin for his performance as Thanos. Um, like I said, he brings a certain gravitas and an absolute threat with him. And I'd also like to, in, in as, I, as I said, in a movie that is chock-a-block full of stars, I also think that it's worth pointing out just how good Robert Downey Jr. continues to be. He's a very consistent performer as Tony Stark. Um, and I can't imagine him living his life without being him. Um, but it, 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 it's a really, really good cast. I mean, I didn't even mention some of the people in that. Like Peter Dinklage, again, talking to mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, is also in this. Um, I thought this is a perfect example of maybe where they should be ending the series. Now, they're not for financial reasons, but... Um, I would like to see the next Avengers film be the final Marvel film for a while. Uh, it's not going to be, but if they had any kind of creative ethos, they should give it a rest for like at least five years before maybe rebooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they won't. But despite that, this does feel like the end of an era, uh, or at least the, the beginning of the end, with, with there being one more film to come. Um, and I, I was quietly impressed. It's very a very entertaining blockbuster. And as I said, the main thing you can say for it is there is some heft. There are some consequences. Cool. Um, yeah, it sounds good. It sounds basically what I was uh, expecting, which is good. But so you don't think? Have you seen most of the Marvel films? I've seen all I, of them. You've all seen them. all of them. Yeah. Okay, right. So yeah, that was my main concern. But I assume it's more of a thing of like you just don't get the thing of like oh thing he's appeared if you haven't seen that yeah, film, you don't yeah. really care like for example if Doctor Strange appeared I'd be like not that bothered because I've not seen it <laughs> um, I mean Doctor Strange is actually quite fundamental to the plot of this one but um, right, okay. I mean he I mean, you'll get the idea don't get me wrong you're not going to be lost Yeah, you will get the idea very early on you know what part in this he has but you might be a little bit confused as to what his powers are because he's certainly from all of the characters the most different I would say but it's. I don't think you need to have seen everything. Like you could easily have missed. Well, for instance, this is a small spoiler, but Ant Man makes no no appearance, so you could definitely have missed that. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. And you probably could have missed, in all honesty, the second Avengers film. Honestly, uh, there isn't yeah, really a direct follow on. Um, I think you you probably need to have seen uh, Civil War though. Right. Did that, you see I was that? planning on watching that tonight, actually. So. Yeah, that's Captain cool. America: Civil War, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, it wasn't really a Captain America film; it was a, another Avengers film, but they gave it that moniker. Yeah, so I was really impressed in general. Um, if I had a criticism, it would be that ultimately a lot of characters are in there for no particular point. Um, feel like it's just a mashup, 
And you get someone like uh, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, who's normally, you know, wisecracking star of the show. He gets a little bit lost in this, in my opinion. And I will also say that there are certain things that happen in this film which I believe will be reversed in the second one. So while I think that the film has consequence and I think some of the things that happen in it are for keeps, I'm not convinced by other bits of it. I can't say any more without spoiling it, but um, if you've seen the film, you'll know what I mean. Does it feel like with it being two parts, and obviously this is possibly going to spoil territory, so just don't say anything if you don't think so, but does it feel uh, like, is it like a Lord of the Rings situation where the ending doesn't feel that satisfying because you know there's another one coming, or does it actually work as a piece on its own? It it, it does, but it would be um, incomplete without a second film, but it does work on its own. It's a satisfying ending. There is a payoff, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's not just leaving you hanging. I mean, it is to an extent, but it's definitely... A payoff. I end. suppose it's going to if it's if there's two parts. <laughs> there's yeah, no another way to do it. But, but yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Hopefully, I'll go with this at some point this week. Should be good. Yeah, I mean, um, like we've all said before, we're, we're extremely jaded on the Marvel films, mm. and I'm, like I said, I'm keen for them to have a break, maybe, and then possibly reboot if they, you know, I understand they're a money making device, but realistically, they're not going to do so. But I, I'm hoping that these films draw a little bit of under a line under one of the eras, if you like. Yeah, it's probably it's just make it continues to make too much money, doesn't it? I think they'll uh, yeah carry on. But but it's it's good that you know they are coming up with some good stuff. Like I watched um, Thor Ragnarok the other day, a couple of weeks ago, mm. and I really enjoyed that. It was had a very different feel to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it was cool. Uh, so they're coming up with the odd thing, which is intriguing me, and it is something that I do at some point want to watch them all. Uh, possibly a little bit like where I'm watching all the Ghibli films now. Yeah, um, but I mean, like it or not, they are a cultural phenomenon. Uh, yeah, they are of this era, and in fifty years' time, people will be talking about them, whether you think they were great or not. Mm. Um, so they are; they have a place of cultural importance. It's just you know, some of them are better than others, but um, you know, this is one of the best ones. I would say. In fact, I would go as far as to say that this is. The best of the Avenger films, although I did like cool. the first one. I think the first one had um, probably had more kind of uh, punch the air moments, although this one certainly has them. But this one feels like the better film. Right, awesome. Um, right, well, let's move on to one that we've both seen, which is A Quiet Place. Have you got any, uh, you know, all the director stuff down there? Uh, <laughs> you want me to read out? Yeah, okay, I'll read the boring. If you read then. the spiel, I tell you, what, I'll read the spiel. You can you can give a plot plot summary. So. Quiet Place, uh, directed and partly written by John Krasinski, who people probably better know from the American version of The Office, uh, starring John Krasinski and his real-life wife, uh, playing his wife in this, Emily Blunt, also starring child actor actor and actresses uh, Millicent Simmons and Noah Dupe. Go ahead, Clive, with your plot summary. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, it basically follows those four actors uh, are in, in, in a family, Mother, father, you know, daughter, son, very stereotypical family. Um, And they live in a world where there's basically you have to be quiet, hence the name, you have to be silent. Otherwise, if you make too much noise, these things sort of come out, these sort of creatures come out of the ground and eat you up. Um, 
<laughs> is that a spoiler? That's pretty near the start, right? Um, no, that, yeah, that, that's not a spoiler. Yeah, that's slashing that's... the blurb as far as I remember. Yeah, sure. I certainly knew that going in. Um, and essentially, it's just about them trying to survive in this world. So they're kind of in a they're like in an old farmhouse, aren't they, for the duration of it? And it's yeah, that's that's kind of what it's about. I think to say too much more would be spoiling it, but it's just the it has. What makes it unique and stand out is the how quiet it is it the whole film is just well, but more or less silent throughout. There's whispering and you know occasionally talking, but um, it's funny because whenever you're in the cinema, you can hear everyone. And I was sat next to someone with popcorn who clearly hadn't read the blurb. Uh, <laughs> um, he was yeah. very um, uh, not generous, courteous though, and you could tell he was feeling bad about eating his popcorn. And only during the very <laughs> the occasional loud moment did he try and eat even one popcorn. <laughs> and uh, by the end of the film, he had more or less a whole yeah. box of popcorn. Just, just wasn't going to work. <laughs> you just have to masticate it, don't you? Is that the word? Um, that sounds like masturbating. No, you know uh, where you put something in your mouth, you just kind of let it melt, just by yeah. kind of like salivering it to death. In terms of talking, were the audience you were in well behaved? Oh yeah, they were really good. Yeah, I was slightly concerned that there would be some, especially because um, during the trailers at the start, someone wouldn't show up behind me, which to me. It doesn't usually bother me, but it makes me think, oh, God, I hope they're not doing that in the film. Because to be fair, I talk through trailers sometimes. Um, yeah, <laughs> but think... they, they shut up straight away. I think most a lot of people do. Um, yeah, there wasn't any issues in the film whatsoever. I think it's okay, it to, it's okay to chat through trailers. I mean, um, yeah. It's it okay might... to make like comments and stuff, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit irritating if you like the trailers, but, you know, that's not what you've paid to come and see. And I don't mind people going on their phones as well during trailers. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I draw the line at when the film starts. Um, all of our audience was really, really good, except for um, one couple who periodically whispered to each other quite loudly, though, because um, they weren't <laughs> that close to me. Um, right. They were a good few rows back, albeit on the same level as me. And in one particular, particularly um, tense part of the film, right near the end, they took to have almost a full conversation in whispers, and I lost my rag a little bit and just said, Shut up! Um, but I don't think <laughs> they really heard me. I just—I've got no patience. I mean, just go to the fucking pub, you know. There is a it special, is frustrating. you know. Aside from really serious crimes like you know murder, rape, genocides, what what have you, you know, in terms of petty, petty day-to-day bad behaviours, that is my number one, you know, bugbear. You know, there is a special place in hell where somebody just talks over everything you're doing because you've done that. <laughs> it's not a serious punishment. You know, you can live with it because it doesn't make you a bad person, but, you know, it just means you are not considerate of others. And I hate it, honestly. No, it's, well, it's annoying because you've paid, well, in our case, not necessarily paid specifically for that film, uh, but yeah, <laughs> paid money uh, to watch something and someone can ruin it just by being a pain in the ass and seemingly not noticing that they're being a pain in the ass, which makes it worse. I mean, when it comes to popcorn and things, um, I've kind of come to the opinion of, while I don't like it, and I don't honestly say what the need for it is, um, you know, it's kind of part of cinema. That's just something mm-hmm. I've got to live with. Although, in this particular film, um, you know, <laughs> it I don't, really it's not really appropriate, but, you know, in general, I, I'm of the opinion that basically it's it's in the context, really. If the film is a popcorn film like The Avengers, I've got no problem with people, you know, just grazing on a whole bucket full if they want. I mean, I'd rather they didn't, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. popcorn film. Um, you know, I have occasionally got popcorn. It's not very often, maybe 
maybe one in ten times, and that's probably those ten times are all action films that I've got it, but I have occasionally had popcorn. I'm not totally against it. It's just... Um, I'm more of a... I usually get a drink of some sort. Yeah, I Co- always... Have, coffee or something. I always have a drink to take it. I usually... Well, I don't normally get it from the cinema, though. I normally bring in something of my own, but drink a drink is absolutely fine. Um, cause drinks are not usually allowed unless you're slurping them. No. Uh, Even drinking coffee in this, though, was, you know, tricky at times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, to go on to, you know, what I thought of it, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really, really good. And I think a lot of what, and I think it was Kamoda and Mayo who mentioned this on the podcast, a lot of it, or it wasn't actually them on it, I don't think, at that point. But some other guys, they said, you know, that a big part of it is the atmosphere that's created in the cinema because of the fact, you know, there's loads of other people in it being silent. Um, and I think that is something that will be lost if you watch it at home. I think that does play a large part into it that you're not only <laughs> kind of waiting for a noise on the on the in the cinema but um on the screen but also someone next year might make some sort of noise that makes you jump or whatever um and it just plays on that really really well i mean it reminded me of sitting in even though it's a very very different film um the red turtle i think um the animation film from last year mm. which i really liked um obviously it's not a horror film but it is pretty much silent throughout in terms of there's no dialogue it's a bit more you know, sound effects and stuff, but it's also a very quiet, contemplative film, which I think this is as well, even though it is a horror film. Um, it does make you, all the sort of silent bits makes you, I don't know, it's just less, there's less bombarding your brain, so you think you get to think about other stuff and appreciate some of the other things like the, you know, the world building or the shots and all those kind of things, and it yeah. is really, really well shot. It's incredibly well acted. I thought um, all four of them were fantastic. Um, and that's pretty much what sells it. I like that it's this kind of, would you call it like a chamber piece? Because it is only the four, I don't know, um, quite know the definition of that word sometimes. but <laughs> I don't either, really. Um, it's on those terms where you, you'd hear it, and you'd you think, hear oh it. yeah, I, I know what that means, but when, <laughs> yeah. when confronted, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, I mean, it's I've a always assumed cast. it's something... Well, yeah, something like where there's a small cast and the you know it's all filmed in kind of one area, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, it's 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 one of those. It's got you know really small cast um, and they just all they've got really really good chemistry. I believe um, Beck told me the two leads are are they married or? Yes, so it's real life real life um, married couple John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Um, yeah, heard a particularly hilarious story about them actually recently. Um, John Krasinski. Eh. Krasinski was in uh, an airport in London, yeah, um, and apparently uh, <laughs> the the guy at the terminal just couldn't believe uh, passport control couldn't believe that that was his wife, and he said it was just like it felt like this guy was saying to me, "You're coming over here stealing our woman," and <laughs> um, you know what you with Emily Blunt, um, <laughs> yeah, they've got kids together as well, so this is obviously an int- quite a personal film for them, really. Yeah, uh, I, I always wonder when you get couples uh, performing against each other, how much they perform as a couple or how much they actually perform in their characters. I mean, obviously, they don't have to worry about hand placement. You know, they don't need to worry about accidentally <laughs> violating each other. They're a couple, you know, that's going to yeah. be fine. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I wonder if they are playing their characters, except in the moments where they're being particularly uh, intimate. You wonder yeah. whether they revert into their couple mode, albeit possibly with fake accents at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting one to consider. 
Definitely, yeah. But they yeah, totally pull it off and it's really, really good. I mean, it, it has a few things in it which, you know, follows a few horror tropes of certain things happening where you're like, oh, yeah, that was bound to happen or he was bound to not see that. <laughs> and that's bound to later on. Uh, some Later on, this will lead to something. There's one particular thing uh, which you probably know I'm on about. But, mm. <laughs> but there's, there's a few of those moments. But um, it, so it gets a little bit tropey at times. But I thought overall it was really, really good. And I thought it, you know, a fascinating film to watch just because of how different it is to other horror films that I've seen. And it is very human as well because of the relationship and the whole family message of it, I think, is pretty. Uh, it hits hard, if you know what I mean. It's, it has a bit more of a message than a lot of horror films that I've seen, even good ones. But yeah, mm. so I really liked it. You? Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was comfortably the best horror film I've seen in a long time. Um, I'm hesitant to call it just a horror. Actually, I suppose it was kind of a horror come um, thriller as such. Yeah, yeah. Um, drama th- as well, in a way. Yeah, drama. Yeah, I mean, I thought the the atmosphere, the yeah, the palpable tension was just unbelievable. Um, I mean, those moments in it where you, you, I could barely watch, you know, as I think, you know, proper eyes through the fingers kind of viewing experience. And like you said, I think the experience of seeing it in the cinema, uh, not just because of the big screen and the, you know, the better sound quality, but the experience of doing it with an audience who are just as hooked as you are and trying to keep quiet is pretty special. Uh, which made it all the more irritating when um, that one couple were talking. But yeah, yeah, I thought I thought the performances of uh, Krasinski and Blunt uh, were superb. And, and if you hadn't told me that they were married before this, um, I would have been praising them even more because I thought the chemistry was incredible. Uh, and what I thought was incredible about the chemistry actually was the fact that they weren't always all over each other. They weren't always kind of. Not at all, really. No, it, 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 it felt realistic. like you, it feels felt like you were watching a real couple and a real couple mm. in that kind of situation. Uh, for, it felt very naturalistic in what is, you know, obviously not a naturalistic film. Um, I thought Millicent Simmons was also excellent. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but she well, she plays a, a deaf character in this. Uh, she's a deaf actress as well. So yeah, but again, I didn't know while I was watching it, but I knew it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So good representation there, and she she manages to. Um, you know, portraying her face, uh, what a lot of actors will struggle to do with their face, body language, and words. Uh, obviously, I'm obviously there were subtitles as such for the the sign language, but had there not been there, while I wouldn't have understood the sign language per se, um, I could get exactly what she was saying just from her face, just from her expressions, and I hope she gets a lot more chances to act. I mean, she's in. Um, there was a trailer when I went to see it for yeah, a film that she was Wonder? in, where she plays a something like yeah, that. Wonder, Wonderstruck or something like that. Yes, where that's it, yeah. I think it's about two deaf kids by the by the looks of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping she doesn't just get those kind of roles. I'm hoping, obviously, her roles are going to be a little bit more limited. But I hope she gets another chance because I thought she was outstanding in this. And I thought the other kid was good as well, Noah Dupe. Mm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think she gave a really like completely different dynamic to it, and also it made it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was the kind of the point of it, but to me that made it kind of feasible as to why this family in particular survived because they were all quite, uh, they'd all, you know, they all knew sign, sign language and mm. uh, were able to probably communicate better in silence than the vast majority of families because of the fact they had a deaf daughter. What I noticed as well was the, the, the almost different styles of the sign language, um, which almost seemed to speak to their character. So, um, the dad, John Krasinski, is 
he's very almost precise and to the point. Um, mm-hmm. You get the impression in the film that he's he's some kind of technician or engineer, um, whereas um, Emily Blunt's signing is a lot more emotive, um, and I like that. I'm assuming it's deliberate. Uh, there certainly was enough attention to detail with the rest of the film that I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Um, happy accident or by design, it was. I thought it was. Yeah, that's an interesting immersive. thing I've not really thought about before here yeah. because I wonder if it's not knowing much about sign language, whether it's like an ac- almost like an accent, um, somewhat, you know, yeah, signing in different I mean, kind of ways. I think it's like a characterization, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. you putting across your character. I mean, this is mm-hmm. it's not something I've I've seen done before, or at least not that I'm aware of anyway. Um, yeah, I also thought um, it should be noted that the sound design um, was outstanding in this. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's one thing we noticed and we talked about with uh, you, you were never really here, uh, but I'm noticing it even more in this because the sound the, the sound is so infrequent. When you hear it, it's so important. You know, uh, when you are hearing, uh, you know, the effect of something in what's an otherwise silent film, it's it's shuddering. Um, and there's a particular scene in it which I'm not going to spoil, where a certain character gets an injury that is foreshadowed about 10 minutes before, that is absolutely wince-inducing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, overall, I was a massive, massive fan. I actually I had a feeling it was going to be really good before I had read any reviews, before I heard the buzz mm. about it. I saw from the trailer, I just liked the trailer. I thought the trailer was really minimalist. And I know a trailer doesn't indicate necessarily a great film, but there's just something about it. Um, Sometimes... Because trailers are often op- the opposite of minimalist, even if the film is. Um, if they've gone for that in the trailer, so that sometimes shows, you know, they've stuck to their vision, if you know what I mean, and they haven't tried to flog it some action-packed epic, which sometimes I find, like, a lot of films that are great and but are slow, the trailer completely misrepresents them. Well, um, the classic example of that is um, Fight Club, back in 1999. It was portrayed as kind of a, a bros film, with just, you know... You know, bros, dudes laying down when it was actually an anti-capitalist um, think piece, albeit with bros laying down as well. Um, so yeah, but no, I was I was right on board with this before, even though I was aware that it could be bad, and I was delighted that it was actually good. And it also reminds me of um, the gift. While they're not entirely similar, they're not really similar, but they were kind of unexpected horror successes made by companies who are not known for making great films as well. I mean, this is made by Platinum Dunes, who's Michael Bay's production company. Michael Bay is a producer on this. Now, I don't know, I don't know how much creative input he had, but, um, you know, he's not known for making great films like this, just like the company... No, produced, definitely not. <laughs> uh, the company who produced The Gift... Uh, were were known for trashy horror films as well, um, but just goes to show though it, you know it's the internal talent. It's not the company that makes it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can't always just judge it by who's on the producer panel or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. No. For good, for good or bad, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. It's a really unique. Um, it's probably definitely up there with the likes of you know Babadook and horrors like that. And the, the gift is a really good, yeah. I mean, I find that I find that um, the horror films I like the most are usually not straight horror. They usually mm. have a little twist to them. Whereas pure kind of ghost story horror films, I'm not really there for very much. So m- films like The Conjuring, um, 
don't really do much for me or paranormal activity. But yeah, I'm a big fan of this. I think I've actually become quite a big fan of horror cinema for somebody who wasn't really a fan of it. I think I now appreciate good horror as much as I appreciate anything else. It's like getting into Electro or something, uh, musically. You know, you didn't know you could like it, but, you know. Mm. No, uh, yeah, I agree. Like, um, Get Out was yeah, horror as well, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, a, again, again, Get Out. has different elements, oh, but... Yeah, of course. Cool. Um, right, well, I've just got, uh, before we go, I'm going to talk about Rampage, which we went to see Ooh. on a whim. <laughs> wow. This is the kind of thing I wouldn't have really gone to see unless I had the card. Mm-hmm. But I was, I don't know, just a bit bored on a Sunday after. I wasn't bored. I was feeling anxious before work and I thought I needed some escapism and this was on. I thought this will do the trick. Um, so Rampage is directed by Brad Payton, director of such classics as San Andreas, Journey 2 and Cats vs. Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Wow. So quite the uh, pedigree. So you know it's good. <laughs> I mean, you just know this is going to be good when you go in. Stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson and some other people I've put because quite frankly it's just who cares about the rest. Dwayne The Rock is all you need. Um, there are some other people in it. I was going to actually write a list of the other people, I just haven't now, so... Oh, oh well. Oh, well, who cares? There's, there is other people in it. Um, yeah, like I say, I essentially needed some sort of brainless escapism one Sunday afternoon, and this one fit the bill. So, The Rock plays primatologist David Okoye, who, um, of course, also used to be in the Special Forces before he was a primatologist. Because, <laughs> you know... Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's not, what, it's not one thing to be an expert as, you know, an ape expert. You also get to be, um, you know, a world-class badass. Special Forces yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously. Just, just how it works. And he happens to be ridiculously built. Definitely way more built than would be practical for a special forces person. But no, I know. He, like clearly, you might have the strength, but you clearly wouldn't have the stamina being that big. It's just, <laughs> but I love it. But you know. <sighs> anyway, he's in charge of some sort of animal sanctuary. His peaceful, peaceful world. Um, he's good friends with an albino gorilla called George, which will come into play in a minute. His peaceful world is turned upside down when. Said albino gorilla, George, contracts this uh, rampage virus, which he gets from a... There's like some sort of test tubes get blown out of a space station uh, with it in, and he picks one up and ends up contracting this virus, which essentially means he becomes huge and really aggressive. It means his cells multiply at ridiculous rates, and Hmm. yeah, his aggressiveness pumps up. It is based on a video game of the same name, I believe, by Midway. Uh, from like the 80s I think yeah they paid a lot of money for this as well I wasn't really that familiar with it though no they paid a lot of money for the license yep they did a hell of a lot of money yeah that surprised me because I mean I don't know how big Rampage was but it just seems like the weird thing to make a film about because it's like definitely not a story based game whatsoever yeah true (laughs) but anyway so yeah this George becomes huge Um, he's not alone though not the only beast that becomes huge another two beasts can track this this virus um which, like I say, escapes from like a crashed space station. And they just cause general chaos. Um, it does pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. It's completely brainless. If, if you want to see huge monsters trashing buildings with really good CGI, then this is for you. The CGI is fantastic and all the you know action shots look great. The villains are absolutely terrible. Like they're some of the worst villains I've seen for a while. Like Just kind of cringingly bad, which was a shame. Um, because I thought, as a whole, the film... Is basically carried by George and um, The Rock. The Rock is one of those people who, I don't know, he's just got this charisma, hasn't he? It's just like you plonk him anywhere and it's gonna, he's going to make it at least all right. <laughs> he's, he, yeah, he, he is an absolute magnet for charm. He's just, yeah, um, he, he could just sell anything. Like most people fist bumping a 50-foot monkey, you'd just be like, 
Nah, <laughs> not buying it. But I The think, Rock's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I totally have to steal the point that they made, but we've mentioned it before, um, Weddertainment. And um, I think it was Robbie Collin who was standing in for Mark Commode, and he made a point that Daniel Day-Lewis is the greatest you know, actor of his generation, but he's not going to be able to pull off fist bumping a monkey, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't think... I don't think The Rock could have pulled off a Phantom Thread. I mean, I think it would have been a hell of a different movie if it had been. Um, well, first of all, he'd have yeah, to fit in I a mean, suit, which would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the Rock is the Rock. He's just, you know, who doesn't love the Rock? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he reminds me of he's like a modern Schwarzenegger. I think he is. Uh, in, yeah, in that you plonk him in a film and it can be as ridiculous as you want, he'll still have this kind of magnetism. <laughs> and he doesn't really, he doesn't necessarily have the. He's, di- he's different in that he doesn't have these ridiculous one-liners that Schwarzenegger's famous for. He doesn't really have that comedy charisma to him, but he just has this certain, like, thing where you just always... You're just immediately on his side, regardless of what the hell he's doing, which is something that's pretty special, I suppose, and probably why he keeps getting cast in these in, in, essentially quite bad films uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that are still all right to watch just because he's in them. There's a particular brilliant one look... Uh, it's called Skyscraper that's coming out where it's got him wow. jumping from one skyscraper to another <laughs> on the poster. Mm. I'm just like, brilliant. <laughs> There's no limit to the ridiculousness of what The Rock will do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... it's. I give it a five or six out of ten, which is what I expected going in. The, I think the only terrible bit of it is the villains and their sort of whole reason for doing things. There's a posher word for that that I'm struggling to find. Um, for doing things isn't just doesn't really seem to make much sense and they're just generally a bit like stereotypical big business shit um, of, you know, <laughs> big, of the, big business shit of yeah. the time you would have got in like 90s yeah. films uh, <laughs> or probably 80s even yeah i'd so, say more 80s probably yeah yeah and that was a bit grating in that i think it would have been fine if they were done in a way that was funny but it was just bad i thought whereas some of the other stuff was just done in a more like light-hearted way where you know uh, Brad Payton wasn't taking it seriously and that's fine that was less grating <laughs> yeah um, but there was yeah there's definitely plenty of entertainment to be had um it's quite a good like it's very despite the fact the place you know city is getting trashed it's one of those where oh um what happened to all the people oh yeah we uh, we, we we gave them a warning <laughs> so, what <laughs> they're trashing the they're trashing the city but there's no people there so it's fine um, wow. There are occasionally people. This always happens in these kind of films, doesn't it? There's always some uh, quick five-second scene which explains why there is no people in the city while a huge monkey trashes it. But <laughs> And it's very. it doesn't really have any brutal scenes in it particularly, so it's probably yeah quite reasonably kid-friendly. I wouldn't necessarily take a young kid to see it, but it's definitely not of the, you know, it's not brutal particularly. So, yeah, I don't know entertaining if you've got nothing else to watch there's definitely many things i'd suggest you watch ahead of it but if you're a big fan of the rock you know check it out it's fun sometimes you're laughing at it sometimes with it (laughs) but but you'll probably have a good time it's you know completely brainless fun which is exactly what i needed at that point and yeah it was weird to see like because i hadn't really been to the cinema to see a film uh, that would that I'd give a five or six for a while. Do you know what I mean? Usually it's at least a seven, because usually if I've heard good things, it's probably I'm probably going to at least think it's good. 
Yeah, no, I understand. This definitely flew below that line, and it was a bit weird seeing that because I was like, even even though I am jaded with Marvel, there's no bits in Marvel where I'm like, oh, that was a bit shit. It's usually like solidly done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas it, there is the odd bit in this where, you're like, particularly with the villains, where you're like, oh, that bit was just a bit crap, and just it was a bit weird. Didn't really work. So I suppose it makes you appreciate things again, <laughs> which is good. But yeah, not not a complete waste of time. I certainly wouldn't have paid eight pounds for it. Um, but on the card, good uh, good use of two hours, just you know having a bit of fun and laughing at it. Brilliant. Yeah, good time. I think this this is one that I uh, I might yet see. I might not. It's I honestly have no idea. I think if I if, if I lost and I just want to get out of the house. Hmm. Got nothing on, then I might well do it. I think it's the kind of film you could probably do a good rant on. You know, you know, one of your rants. I think you, it's the kind one of thing of you rants. could. <laughs> it's the kind of thing you could tear apart. But the the thing that stops me tearing it apart is the fact that George and uh, the Rock's relationship is just. I don't know. It's got some heart to it, and you just feel bad tearing it apart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I. I it doesn't feel entirely I, bad. The film. <laughs> I haven't seen it, and I. But I can't imagine me tearing that apart. Um, yeah. It just the fact that the rocks in it will automatically make me a bit more sympathetic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I've seen the Scorpion King. That's a dreadful film, but I wouldn't be able to you know properly lay into it because you know the yeah. rocks in it. Um, yeah, you just can't. You just can't. <laughs> Even though it definitely is. Yeah, could be. I mean, um, on Kimote, they were quite uh, po- really positive about it. Actually, way more positive than I was expecting because I listened to that after I went to see it, and I thought. The Drifter Shreds, but they, they, they quite liked it, so mm. I don't think I'm the only one. It's all right, yeah. Like I say, it's a five or six. It's not brilliant, but there are some good things in there, and it's fun. Sure. Excellent. Cool. Um, other than that, I've just been... There's a If you go on stickaroundpodcast.com, I've just started a new, I don't know, series, I suppose, if you want to call it that, if you want to elevate it to that status. <laughs> I'm <laughs> currently watching through all the Studio Ghibli films, Ghibli, Ghibli, going with Ghibli films, from uh, you know the first release, uh, Laputa Castle in the Sky, to the last one, which I don't know yet because I haven't got there. But um, I'm currently about nine down, but I've just put the first... I'm doing it in batches of three, so it's sort of reviewing them and then ranking them as I go. Okay. So uh, you, which should be quite a fun exercise. So are you going you, to watch every single one? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch every wow, single okay. one from the start. I mean, there's not that, there's, you know, 20-something, which I, I've calculated in my head, and it's just like your average TV series. Uh, <laughs> Mm. and I was like yeah that's manageable So, yeah. and I just thought it would be fun to rank them as I go along so I'm going to keep a list going as I go along it's kind of inspired by a podcast that I listen to that are doing this with Marvel films Okay, uh, watching them all through and then ranking them after each one where they would put it mm. um, except I'm doing it, I'm just going to do it in batches of three and okay. yeah, so I- first one's up uh, which is Laputa Castle in the Sky uh, Grave of the Fireflies that's it and My, My Neighbor Totoro. Totoro yeah yeah which are all really, really good. Um, uh, a, so- mm. a solid batch. But go on, Al. <laughs> I'm just going to look at the list here to tell you which ones I've seen. So I've seen... Uh, is it Totoro or Totoro? I'm not sure. It's Totoro, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, I've seen Princess Mononoke, which is my favourite. Um, I've seen Spirited Away. I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. And... I think that's it. Oh, yeah. No, no, sorry. I've also seen Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh yeah, love that film. That's going to be in the next one. Uh, my my favourite is definitely Princess Mononoke. There, I've actually got a poster of it that's going to go up oh. in my new house. Uh, it's an original Japanese one. Um, Sweet. I, I mean, do, do you think you get the? I get the. I mean, it's not just because it's Japanese, but I get a definite Zelda vibe. 
uh, particularly Breath of the Wild vibe. Uh, with From Princess Mononoke specifically. Um and other ones, but yes, that is one of them I do get the vibe from. Yeah, they they have a yeah. I can definitely see what you mean. Like the, the, they're really different. That's the thing I've noticed. Oh yeah, um, no, yeah. Especially with the different uh, Takahata and Miyazaki, they have quite different styles. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference between them. So far, I'm prefer- preferring Miyazaki, but also Takahata has some excellent ones, such as Grave of the Fireflies. That's brilliant. But yeah, I haven't watched Mononoke yet. It's the one that everyone keeps saying is going to be the best, and I think it's I think I'm about two away from it. So I'm excited to see it. But it's it's quite interesting to see just how what I've really liked about them is just how diverse it is, and that so far there's not been a single sequel. I don't know if there ever is, um, but <laughs> and I, I appreciate that they don't just go, "Oh, my neighbor Totoro did well. Let's make my neighbor Totoro too." Um, they're just constantly coming up this with new ideas. This time it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this time it's gonna eat you up. I don't know. Yeah. But it's yeah, they're, they're really really good, and they just have this. They do definitely do have a different. Like you say, a Zelda. I don't know if it. I suppose it's because Zelda's so different to Western video games. This is similar in that how different it is to Western animations. Um, yeah, it has a, a more like more space. Maybe is what I'd, <laughs> in right. a weird way, describe it. Like things are less hectic often. Castle in the Sky probably being the exception. That's quite intense. But I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely a different vibe to them. I really like it. I mean, I've been watching the dubs. Uh, I'll hold my hand up. Which I've yeah I heard they were good and they are they've been good so far and I because I wanted to I want to really appreciate the animation I think I will watch them again after um, in with the Japanese but the dubs have been good so far to be fair I think I, they're all done by Disney yeah. I've got no problem with the dubs in films like this it's the only time I have a problem with dubs are in live action films yeah same um, I think with an animation it doesn't really feel like too out of place because even though the mouths are moving they're not you know absolutely. You know, inch perfect to the language anyway. So no, now I've got no real problem with the dubs. I mean, um, I think I've seen some of them dubbed and some of them not. Hmm. Um, I always just find if I'm watching a subtitle one, I end up read. Obviously, you have to read at the bottom, and then you end up missing certain scenes that could be breathtaking um, yeah. while someone's talking. <laughs> but yeah. so I just don't want to. If if the dub's good, I'll usually go with that. In I wouldn't ever in live action like you, but in animation, I think it. But yeah, it's just I'm excited to see what happens, and it's it's quite a fun. I think I'll do this a bit more. Like I'll just be like, right, I'm going to watch through all Tarantino's films in order. Yeah, because you because know, you know, cause the main problem now is there's so much choice that you never bloody decide what to watch. Whereas if you do something like this, it's like, oh, well, this one's next. Yeah, you've got no like, choice when you watch yet. it. Yeah, <laughs> but in a good way almost because it forces you to actually um, commit. Yeah, yeah. I see. Quite... I mean, uh, like I've done that with, with a with a few. With a few films, so I mean a few film series. Sorry, uh, so I've I've watched all of the Coen Brothers films. I've watched um, yeah. all of Stanley Kubrick's films, all the way down to his short films. And I recently did it with Lynn Ramsey as well. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of these sorts. Of, I might do one myself. I don't know what I'll you go should. with though. And yeah, doing it in order of release also just removes that because even if you decide I'm going to watch all this person's films, you still got to decide which one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm never going to be. I'm just fuck it. I'll just do it in order. Uh, and it's quite yeah interesting to see the development, I suppose. But I mean, the first one's great straight away. I imagine with a lot of these, if you do this with a lot of people, the first few won't be fantastic. But who knows? Who uh, knows? It, it, I'm excited to see uh, where we go and what ends up being number one anyway. Because I'd only seen My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away before this, uh, and it was watching The Wind Rises with Josh that inspired me to do it. So that was the other one I'd seen. But so we're good. 
And what's coming out? Is there much coming out in the cinema at the minute? Yeah, I know this um, is usually a bit of a dead. It is. We're getting... Well, it's not dead. We're just getting towards the kind of blockbusters. There are a few coming out soon. So you've got Deadpool 2 coming out on May the 15th. All right. Um, which I'm looking forward to a lot, actually. Um, I saw a trailer for it today. Um, there's a bit in the trailer where he's he's bringing together all this little team to defeat um, Cable, he's called, also played by Josh Brolin. Um, seems to get about at the minute. And um, <laughs> the final guy they have in the team, he goes, um, this is Peter. And what are your superpowers, Peter? Oh, no, I don't have any. I just thought it looked like fun. It just uh, signs him up then and there. Um, <laughs> uh, also, you've got Solo, a Star Wars story, coming out yeah. May the 25th. Which has been plagued by, shall we say, studio indecision, but it didn't do Rogue One any harm, which had similar problems, albeit mm. not with the director. So I'll remain optimistic for that. I'm not particularly bothered myself, but there is another Jurassic Park film coming out. I really didn't like Jurassic World. I know a lot of people did. But... No, I, I didn't like it, and uh, Beck and Cable did, and they were like annoyed that I didn't. Yeah, I don't really. <laughs> Um, but you know, it, it is that's still a big film, though. You know whether, um, but yeah, it's we're getting into blockbuster territory. Um, I'm guessing you're not. We're not going to have as many um, smaller films coming out. They don't tend to like to compete. But um, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for all those except Jurassic World, which will <laughs> Jurassic, whatever it's going to be called, Jurassic Volcano erupts. Jurassic Volcano yeah. erupts. Um, <laughs> raptors as you mates. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, if it extremely sexist, probably if going by the first one. Um, oh, yeah. that's you've led me into a point about Ghibli there as well. Actually, they're very uh, yeah progressive on the lots of female main characters. None of this, um, you know, your female characters' life is complete when they meet a prince and they get rescued by a prince. Um, quite often the other way around. Yeah, in, just, um, Ghibli yeah. films. It's <laughs> Yeah, lots of strong female characters which I've been impressed with considering I'm still in the early 90s at this point, which at that point Disney was definitely not uh, yet at the stage they're at now. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it's it's like a weird one, really. Um, in one sense, there's nothing necessarily wrong with finding someone you love to complete your life, but it's when it's the message in every single <laughs> film that it becomes a problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cool. Um, I tell you what, um, Clive. I'm going to set you a task. Oh, I'm just wow. going to write the segment. I put you on the spot as a final thing to end this pod on. You need to select a film series, either a film series or a director's back catalogue for me to watch through. Oh, God. Um... Ideally, not one as big as like Spielberg. <laughs> oh, although I've watched. Could you a throw lot some of... options my way of what you haven't? Uh, directors I haven't gone down the line with. Okay, all right, okay. So and then maybe you could do this on. A, you could post these on the website like mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. The thing is, I've done this with quite a few directors, so it's it's becoming harder for me to pick out ones that I haven't already done the majority of. I'm assuming you've done most of Tarantino. That's the one I've, I've done. I've done all of Tarantino. Yeah. yeah. That's the one uh, top of my head. Yeah. I tell you what, Kubrick. Yeah, I've done Kubrick. I tell you what, it doesn't have to be a director that I, I haven't seen the films all of. So I think, you know what, I'm going to select for myself. Sorry, Clive, I'm taking the task back (laughs) off you. Fine, would have taken me. I'm going to go with David Fincher films. uh, Ooh, just just because. Did he do Aliens? Alien Three? 
because that's going to be. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's not the one he <laughs> likes to be remembered for. But yeah, um, you know, it's like oh, Jesus. It's like asking Paul McCartney if he's you know, oh, are you the guitarist from Wings? <laughs> I mean, but yes, uh, yeah, he did do Alien Three. <laughs> Although he um, doesn't like, he doesn't really want his name on it anymore. Bless him. The director's cut is, you know, watchable. Uh, <laughs> I, I would argue, which I think is the one that he—I don't know—I can't remember. The whole thing was plagued with like all sorts of. I think there's like three directors on there. I think. There is. And I think yeah. the original release wasn't compiled by any of them. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> David Fincher then did a director's cut where he got to choose which scenes got in, even if the, he hadn't filmed them, and it made a bit more sense. Um, it was a bit bare. Still not great, but. But yeah, that's what I always remember him for. What else has David Fincher done then? <laughs> As I clearly remember him for the worst part. Um, Fight Club, Seven. Oh, right. Um, lots of big stuff social, the know. Social Network. Um, oh, Gone Girl. Um, the Game. Curious Case of Bunch of Benjamin Button. Panic Room. That it's might be... a big be deal. It. Oh, Zodiac. Big fan of Zodiac. Uh, yes, he is a big deal. Right, okay. Cool. When I when I finish this Ghibli Ghibli vibe, you can throw me a challenge. Okay, <laughs> I'll pick one for you. That I've got a lot of gaps to fill, and this seems like a good way to do it. It is, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Right. Um, right. Well, in theory, we'll be back with TV next. But yeah, you know, if we can actually get get, it done. get the shits together, you know. Um, because but... I've um, yeah, I've been wanting to talk about a TV show for ages for a change, and nothing's happening. <laughs> We'll see. Well, I've got I've got Westworld to talk about. Westworld's come back. Okay, um, cool. And I've also got a few other things to go over. But yeah, it's exciting. It's good time in TV. Handmaid's Tale is nearly back as well. Um, although it started in America, but not over here, which I find really annoying in this day and age. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, that is a bit weird and annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, you've been to work, Clive. <laughs> um, you've yeah. got home. You've recorded a podcast now. What time would that make? So you finish work at five o'clock, and we've been recording for about fifty-five minutes. What time yeah. does that make it? Um, I suppose it makes it plug time. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> stick around at Stick Around Podcast on Twitter. Let me just click on the thing which shows me stuff. Um, Stickaroundpodcast dot com slash contact um, for a form if you want to fill out. You know, it automatically goes to our email address, or you can just send us. An email to stickaroundpodcast at gmail.com if you've got any questions or want us to read something on the pod. Stickaroundpodcast.com, we've already mentioned it for articles, which, yeah, I'm doing the Ghibli series at the minute. If you're interested in what our top various things were in 2017, whether it be films, games, or whatever, that's all on there. We've got quite a lot of lists. Everyone likes lists. Um, slash stickaroundpodcast on Facebook, slash stickaroundpodcast on Instagram. And if you go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash stick around, you can give some money in our name to Shelter, which would be a you know, good way to make what we're doing help um, some people who need the help more than we do. Definitely. So, yeah, um, that is it. Like We're back with TV hopefully next. But it could if be not, anything. we'll be back with something else. Uh, don't worry, you haven't got rid of us. Yeah, uh, we're probably going to make this two-man t- film thing more regular it'll be filling in any gaps when we can't organize anything else basically because we've always <laughs> seen shit loads of films yeah especially if we're both doing this watching things in a row thing we'll be fine Excellent. so yeah uh thanks for coming al it's been a pleasure yeah. as always thank you for hosting clive thank you for being here as well 
We, I mean, we've managed to fill an hour on our own. I mean, yeah. in th- we should probably just get rid of the rest. Yeah, just, you know, Seems like <laughs> Superfluous to requirements. There's a good word. Yeah. We need to introduce well, the word of the, of the episode. episode. Yeah, we need to introduce that and well, make it an You've definitely thing. got it there. You've definitely got it there. I mean, the okay. rest of the episode was, you know, idiotic <laughs> mumblings, basically. So, <laughs> definitely go. on my part. I felt like I was getting brain blocked. I think it's a day after teaching. In the afternoon, I always feel like I'm just chatting utter shite. Uh, so it's probably a similar <laughs> thing. I'm just like, I was talking about, I was trying to explain sound waves today, which, in you know, it's the thing I'm a pretty, I'd say I'm a bit of an expert on, considering I'm a sound engineer. <laughs> but I didn't know what the fuck I was on about. Trying to exp- I couldn't even explain sound waves to eight-year-olds. So, <laughs> Right, fantastic. And on that note. <laughs> and on that note. Please come bye, back next time, guys. Thank you very yeah. much for your time. That's the love you star. Remember no, to stick one. around. Did you just quote the wrong line? We've done like I over a hundred episodes. <laughs> right. Which does, does he ever say that? I feel what? like he does. Hasta la vista. Yeah. Oh, it's on famously. there at Terminator 2, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, this, this is this is just <laughs> let's end, 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 end. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Bye. Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around